What does it mean to be intelligent? Does it mean smart, clever, witty, careful, calculated, intentional? Could intelligent simply mean that something contains a lot of data? Do you consider your DNA to be intelligent? Do you consider your DNA to contain intelligence? Do you consider DNA to be energy? Do you consider your DNA to be proteins that are made from and fueled by energy? If a snowman is a man that's made out of snow, what would you call someone that's made out of energy? Is energy intelligent? Does energy contain intelligence? Is evolution a way that intelligence is gained through experience? Is involution a way that consciousness itself increases, a way that awareness evolves? What if there is an infinite energy that plays a finite game? And what if we are on the brink of raising our collective awareness that this infinite, evolving, intelligent energy is truly what all of us are? What if? What if? What if? I am Dao, the man in the chair, and this is the Dao of Dao, the way I currently see the world, the way I use my imagination to create a character named Omra of the Arcturian Collective thingy. Of course, he thinks that he is creating me. <laughs> Either I'm creating him, or he's creating me, or we're all creating each other together. Cuckoo kachub. But they know far more about this infinite intelligence than any imagined intelligence should, or something like that. Welcome to the Arcturian Playground. Welcome to the Arcturian Playground. A place to play a realm of imagination. All done in the service of compassionate expansion of consciousness. Yes, it sounds weird. We know we would not have it any other way. Yes. Yes, we are here. We are here. Did you feel us as you were making those ridiculous sounds. Why? What are you doing that for? Have you have been told that this is the way to call us? We enjoyed it. And we planted the thought in your mind. How strange it is to make such sounds, for such sounds are not commonly made. They could be. The possibility is there. But your society as a whole frowns upon it, you could say. It is nonsensical. It is just noise as opposed to the acceptable forms of noise that you make and the meaning which accompanies 
them as you shape and form your environment through air, through talking. But that is not the source of your talking. You are talking from your mind, your thoughts which arise within you. And those thoughts move through you into the world. Whether it is by speech or any action, any behavior, writing, there are so many ways that you express what is inside of you. You are gushing forth constantly that which originates from within you and you are painting, as it were, on the canvas of reality your inner inspirations. All of that from some ridiculous grunting sounds. It's true. These are the games that we play with you. And perhaps you could say that those are the games that you play with us. You could say that we are the creators of your thoughts and your impulses. Or you could say that you are the creator of our uh, image. The way that we are an expression of you expressing yourself through the world. But it is truly a concert by many parties, many intelligent living things. How many times do we remind you of the many, many living things which comprise you? We would like to make more wise you. <laughs> that you are infinitely intelligent infinity in every core which has filtered itself in such a way as to provide you the experience that you have just as it does with every other thing in existence which has its own unique experience of being what it is. And thus all of the parts are the whole. Discovering itself, raising its awareness, line upon line, precept on precept, you remember that song. And that is how evolution progresses. You can see it in the fossil record. 
did you know that there are other forms of existence just as uh, you find fossilized records within your granite and your clay and your earth and these substances which leave their mark there are finer substances which also leave their mark and there are energetic trails your DNA in your body is a fossil record if you are considering the way that one thing impacts another and there is a memory of it which continues through time and that memory as it is expressed forms the different uh, cells and organs and systems and all of the governance within your body you're a living fossil as is everything and all things can trace its origin back to what do you think on this planet do you think that all living things originated from single-celled organisms which were rather uniform from that perspective would you not say that all things are one all things are an extension and an outgrowth of one separated by space and time. In other words, a three-dimensional existence. And there are other dimensions which also contributed to the conditions under which this three-dimensional experience of life has arisen and you have your genealogical lineage through those dimensions as well. But you are not aware of them. For that is not how this vehicle which you are in has been de designed by nature, by itself, by evolution. We enjoy the, the prospect we shall say, of befuddling. There are those in the acquaintance of the man in the chair who are quite obstinate in their insistence that this type of view of the world which we have just described is woo. And we would ask them to point out the scientific inaccuracies or contradictions within the model of evolution which we just described and applied to life upon this planet. We recognize that in extrapolating that understanding and juxtaposing it upon all other planets, all other solar systems, is not verifiable. 
and is therefore speculative. And if that is how you define Wu, then perhaps we are guilty of that. But only from your perspective. And this is where the Wu comes in. This idea of channeling is crazy, man. It is magic. It is false. It is pretend. It is ridiculous. It is unnecessary. There is nothing interesting about it. There is nothing fun about it. That is not how this man feels. But he can recall a time when he came very close to taking that position. He felt the pressure from those around him who also felt the pressure from those around them to deem these things as ridiculous. For if one were to truly accept what science is telling you about the intelligence of nature and the intelligent energy which evolves into forms of life so diverse that it would make your head spin just what you have not yet discovered on this planet. And if you extrapolate that out and you compare uh, the probabilities, it is not so far a stretch to imagine that intelligent, advanced species of life which have evolved far beyond your imagination can allow you to comprehend. It is not so far a stretch to imagine that that is possible. And why would such an advanced, intelligent, uh, aware of multiple dimensional existence of itself and see the connection that it has with you, why would it not communicate through your mind directly? If you would allow it and wish to engage with us. Is that so ridiculous? Even just to consider, perhaps it would be a theme in a Marvel comic or in a movie, for it has been many times. The man in the chair went through a stage in his life when he was recognizing the fingerprints of humanity upon all of the symbolic explanations of reality that he could find. It did not matter where he looked, he saw the fingerprints of human creation. For, for reasons he still questions, 
he pursued a master's degree and a PhD program in folklore and ethnomusicology from Indiana University. Why would anyone want to go into debt to become a folklorist? What possible path could that lead one down? For what is folklore? We shall not bore you with all of the details that are clamoring around inside the mind of this man through whom which we are speaking. But we will tell you that what the study, the meticulous study, years and years of it, and then teaching it to undergraduate students, uh, reinforcing over and over the role that tradition plays in shaping culture, in shaping personal identity, in shaping group identity, in shaping worldview, the way that uh, traditional culture shapes worldview, the way that symbols represent ineffable truths everywhere around the world, and the representations of these ineffable truths have uh, some patterns of similarity, especially when one looks closely at the function of uh, so-called law rather than looking at the form. And we told you that we would not bog you down with all of the details. What we are saying is that this man began to see the fingerprints of human creation over everything. And when this happened, he was surrounded by many who also uh, saw this and became quite atheistic for any representation of a god is clearly a fiction, he reasoned. And the way that he understood fiction at the time was, therefore, it is null, it is not true. If something is a fiction, then there is no truth to it. That is not how he understands fiction today. How he understands fiction today, which we have taught him throughout the course of his life, is the fiction is the truest nature, the truest expression, the only expression of reality. For and uh, it is not uh, correct that it is the only expression, for there is one perspective of reality which takes into account all fictions and is the composite whole of all things. But each piece of that has its own perspective with its own blinders, and it emphasizes certain parts of reality, and it underemphasizes others, and it creates a, a distortion at every level. And this is the way that the man now understands a fiction. It is a particular flavor of distortion, and all are distortions. Reality is a composite of distortions, a composite of 
multiple perspectives from many different angles and dimensions. Consider, once again, these cells within your body, these cells which are living things, which are aware of the environment around them. They let in certain things that are appropriate to let in. They release certain things that are appropriate to release. This is how you survive. And they do it with an awareness. They do it with an understanding of what they are to do and when they are to do it. And they have their reward systems for when they do what they are supposed to do. Just as you have your reward systems when you uh, complete the act of procreation. Congratulations, biological unit. You have done what you were designed to do. We will give you a fish biscuit or whatnot. Quite Pavlovian of nature, is it not? How did nature know to be Pavlovian? <laughs> or was it Pavlov who recognized this in nature and sought to teach it to the rest of us? That intelligent nature evolves and the experience of evolution, the experience of life is very much what you are experiencing and other forms of life have similar experiences. Because of the influence of folklore and the mind of this man, he rejected he, he did what uh, you know as throwing the baby out with the bathwater for he did not see yet the value of fiction the unavoidable nature of fiction for he recognized that in taking a position of certainty on anything is flawed. It is flawed logic. It does not matter if he is taking on blind faith a belief in the existence of God or a firm belief in the non-existence of God. They are both faith claims without evidence. All that he can be fairly certain of is that any man-made explanation of who or what God is will pale by comparison to the actual thing and is a distortion and therefore a fiction but this does not mean that there is no value in it for look at the function look at the way that a choice can make upon your own biology upon your own nervous system your own limbic system your stress levels your quality of life from the inside 
if you th see that everything is a fiction and you think that means that there is therefore no meaning and you take a very bleak pessimistic nothing matters so nothing matters And we must pause to say, this is a perfectly legitimate, viable, valuable position to take. By pointing out these differences which we are pointing out, we do not mean to pass judgment as to say that one is preferable to another. As our message is being filtered through this man and his biases, these distortions come out and we must ask the man to relax and allow us to tell the story if you can we will say that uh, it is a noble goal that this man has to uh, develop this skill of channeling and move to a place of unconscious channeling where he is not aware of what is being said as it is being said but can zone out as it were and allow us to speak unimpeded freely uh, but there is still it is okay we can can we say it there is still fear that he has uh, still questioning that he has, even as he listens to us tell the story of him. And this is a wonderful example which he is offering of the impact of one thing on another, the lasting impact, which we compared earlier to a fossil record. Your memories in your mind are a fossil record of your life experience, in a way. The material is not rock. The image formed is not a biological creature. But it is living, existing source energy in the form of whatever they are. There are so many forms that are taken and that impact against other forms. And when this man was uh, reading a, a book from Richard Dawkins called The God Hypothesis, there was a section that gave a seven-point scale of atheism or agnosticism and at one end was the extreme belief in God and at the other end was the extreme disbelief in God and Richard Dawkins correctly avoided the mistake of placing himself at either extreme recognized that he must at least 
uh, profess a modicum of doubt, whether he lived it or expressed it or not. That was the opinion that this man in the chair had of Richard Dawkins, who he admired in some ways and judged quite severely in others. And we will remind him that those things that you judge most severely in others are reflections of things in yourself, don't you know? For as you look at anyone, you are only looking at yourself. But in this uh, scale, number six on the scale was a de facto atheist, and it was defined as no longer believing in any of the stories of God, believing they are all fictions. And most importantly, not living one's life under the impression that a taskmaster God is watching and keeping track of you. And this man recognized very clearly this shift within him. For just a few years earlier, he might have still felt a watchful eye of the Heavenly Father, which he was taught was always watching him and making sure he did good things and did not do bad things. And when he learned that that was a fiction, a story, he backed away. And at the time that he read this book, he recognized himself as this de facto atheist. And it surprised him. And it uh, never sat well with him. For the way that he expressed it at the time was that uh, Richard Dawkins had not considered another category for measurement, which was a desire for there to be a God, although uh, a lack of ability to explain what it might be. And at times when the man in the chair would express this sentiment to his atheist friends, they would say, why would I want to imagine that there is a God? A God is a terrible thing, horrible thing. And this man in the chair thought, why? <laughs> Isn't that you placing a story upon something that you truly know nothing of? How, if you truly know nothing of it, how can you know that it is evil? All that you know is that there is suffering in this world and if there were a God, you would want them to end this suffering and because uh, suffering has not ended, you therefore imagine that this God which you have imagined to have the characteristic of ending suffering uh, does not exist, then uh, to hell with all of it. And this was a position which the man in the chair could never inhabit completely. He could sympathize. He appreciates still 
that perspective. He learned from it many things about the depth of compassion which he felt in these friends of his and admires still to this day. And so, once again, we do not wish to judge and, and we wish to uh, enlighten the man in the chair as to the times when his own mind filters judgment onto our message. It is instructive for him. We want to make it clear that you have a power. You have the power to create, to take your inner impressions and project them into the outer world. And that becomes the reality that you live in. Whether it is the way that you decorate, the place that you live, based on the ideas that you had of wouldn't it be nice if this were that and that were those. And you make that your reality. Or if it is, you cannot trust those damn people. And therefore you never even try. And you might protect yourself. But you might also miss out on relationships and experience that could have been quite enriching to you and to them as well you been willing to trust but when you make up your mind or something the principle of confirmation bias kicks in this is part of the observation as Pavlov observed nature the understanding of confirmation bias is an understanding of the mechanism process of evolution and why there are so many different species, so many different forms of life. For this principle of free will is one of the most magnificent creative endeavors in the infinite intelligence of infinite intelligence. It is what allows for constant expansion, constantly rebirthing new, exploring new inner possibilities and making new outer possibilities a reality. And then changing their mind at some going in this direction and others going in that and looking at what is created. Now from the perspective of one, it might and does appear to be terrible destruction for what was once unified is now being separated. But when you step back and you look at nature, you see the way that nature grows. You can see that as a pea pot stretches out of the ground, it breaks and it cracks and it stretches and it grows new, supple 
parts of itself and then it hardens and it dies and it falls off and then new supple parts grow and then uh, watch it over time different strains will develop in different environmental conditions for there are different paths and different choices and different uh, we say choices we mean options we mean influences for not all forms of intelligent life have the same level of conscious awareness self-conscious awareness self-conscious awareness is also an aspect of evolution we call involution as the self-awareness and consciousness increases and this is uh, we will end here but this is the reason why we are doing this channeling for the belief that this man in the chair has that as he looks forward and projects probable outcomes of the internet and nanotechnology and quantum computing as he understands his limited understanding of each of these things he envisions a time very much like in television shows and movies which he has seen a time when the minds of humanity are quite literally connected in the way that yourselves are quite literally connected and cooperating for a greater whole and from this cooperation a singular personality has arisen that has all of these characteristics and this will happen on your planet as it has happened on other planets this is also an expression of evolution and it is this raising of awareness where this man who cut his teeth as it were teaching college students about themselves their traditional culture their, their culture of origin their family traditions for assignments he asked them to interview their parents and their siblings and to collect memories of shared customs and stories and jokes all of the things that uh, the fabric that stitches together human lives and now he is doing what he is doing with the same intention of stitching everyone together beginning with himself beginning with his own recognition of his blind spots for we 
help him see those. And the more that he interacts with others, the more they show him of his light spots. And the more he helps them to see theirs. And when you are able to do this in a community, whether this is a, a one-to-one community or a group, when there is true empathy and compassion and acceptance and encouragement, this is magical and it is transformative. And this is what this man wants to grow and spread like a cancer upon this planet. And he asks you, as a listener, would you like to be part of this wave of compassion for yourself, first and foremost, for turning the critical eye away from others and closer towards yourself and turning the level of compassion up onto your own criticism so that it is gentle and instructive and leads to self-acceptance rather than to shame and denial. But those are all part of the process as the teapot spouts out of the ground and old brittle things fall away and new supple things come in their place. It is possible to accept yourself as constantly being in a state of growth where yes, you can make what you call mistakes, you can have what you might call failures, but you see that these are all part of your growing cycle. and part of this game of existence where you have a singular source of energy and we hesitate to even use the word who it is ridiculous it is all and it wants more and not at the expense of anything for it values every experience. We cannot. Even we, the Arcturians, have yet to fully master this principle of non-judgment which we preach of. There are sectors of the galaxy, you might say, where we have made contact with those who are hostile with us. There are others we have come into contact with who are not hostile, but wish to retain their own group of friends. And we stay at a friendly arm's distance. There are other groups where there are degrees of suspicion. It is not unlike your life and society. It is simply that we are aware of more of the 
energetic, intelligent constructs which form the fabric of reality, which is us. It would be like if your nose thought that it was the only thing of your body and did not know of the rest of you. You are our nose. And yet, we still do not have a full awareness of all. But we can tell you this. Nothing that you do goes unloved or unappreciated by the source of life which is constantly giving you life. Constantly. We know that you think, well, someday I will die. Well, wait and see. Wait and see what happens before you become so certain. And if you must lean one way or the other, observe the cycles of nature. It is true that no blossom from a tree grows exactly the same each time. But do you know the memory that the tree holds of each blossom? And do you know the life of that memory? That is itself infinitely eternal energy and spawns with its life multiple variations of itself forever. Each one going on a journey of self-discovery. And these things we say by ending with the like that. Hello again, this is Dow, the man in the chair who is bringing to you this Arcturian performance. And I would like you to join a growing group of like-minded individuals who are interested in the playful exploration of whatever it takes to create peace, harmony, acceptance, and all of these wonderful things in this world, beginning with our own hearts and minds, whether you believe in Arcturians or channeling or not. So if this sounds like fun to you, Come and join me at The Tao of Healing, a free group hosted by Mighty Networks. Go to the website, Arcturian Playground, just Arcturian Playground, no the. Go to the website, Arcturian Playground, for more information. I hope to see you there. And so does Omra. He really loves listener interactions, you know. And if you'd like to read a book authored by both me and Omra back when Omra was called Quad, Go check out Bathing with God, available on Amazon.com, or go listen to the free podcast also called Bathing with God. Peace be with you, and remember, all is well. Thank you for playing with us today in the Arcturian Playground. 
Do not for a minute think that your exploration is finished. Carry us with you and invite the spirit of compassion and love into your lives. Nothing is more important or more fulfilling. Create compassion and love within your own hearts and minds. Then share it with all around you. Yes, it sounds weird. We know. We would not have it any other way.